0: It's kind of amazing. Even in the Lord's Prayer, He says, forgive us our what? Debts. Even as we forgive those who are indebted against us. And so God has a lot to say about money. And uh, so we're going to look at that today. Now, uh, this week I had occasion to hear uh, uh, someone say something. Actually, in this church, and they said this to me, or not to me, the the group of you that was there, uh, that they remember the first time they're going in the grocery store, a lady And not having to go through the list and make sure they didn't spend more than they could afford. Uh, Going in a grocery store with a list, with a budget, limited amount of money. And maybe have to put stuff back, you know, they can't afford that, that's went up and so forth. If you've never been there, it might be good for you to be there. And... uh, Jesus said something that the world doesn't like to hear. It said, the poor you have with you always. That's right. The Bible said that Jesus made himself poor that we might be rich. The Bible says Jesus didn't have a place to lay his head. Did the birds have nests, the foxes have holes, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. So I'll tell you today, if you've got a house and a bed and some covers and a refrigerator or some food, you're blessed. Amen. Amen. You're blessed. And God said that he would provide all your needs according to his riches and glory. Now, I don't know if anybody's discovered this yet or not, but we're not in heaven yet. Anybody figure that out? And uh, we're down here on this old nasty now now. And you people are going to leave this church house today. And I don't care how good you enjoy it and so forth and how God may lift us into the heavenly realm. Hopefully he does. And he does me with that kind of singing. Amen. But you're going to go back out tomorrow and you may get something in the mail tomorrow called Bill's. And you're going to have to pay bills. And you're going to have to feed your family. And you're going to have unexpected things that's going to hit you. And sometimes life gets real tough. And let me say something to you. God is interested in the area of money in your life. And so we're going to look at this. There's a lot of warnings. There's a lot of admonitions and so forth. I don't know how much of it will get covered today. Brother Danny will be preaching tonight. Uh, Brother Jeremy will be preaching next Sunday night. And the men that's been preaching on Wednesday night, we're going to move that. It'll be a lot. There won't be near as much of it. I'm going to go back to teaching on Wednesday night. Tobias, are you here somewhere? Is he not here today? Anyway, Tobias is supposed to be preaching Wednesday night. I hope he's well enough to do that. But let me just say to you before I get going, the 17th, which is, I believe, Easter, we're going to try to have our service out here. We're going to try to have a service before that, either on a Wednesday night or Sunday night or something. If it gets warm, ever gets warm, we're going to go out there and kind of have a, a dedication service, a warm-up service. Saturday, we'll be cleaning up. And uh, going to try to get some sawdust in there and clean up, all, rake, rake all the rocks. We're going to be taking down the, the uh, metal out there. Uh, we have sold the uh, the greenhouses out there. We're going to be cleaning all that up. We're going to be putting in two small greenhouses that we can afford to heat and uh, and that we can use for the school and so forth. But a lot of work being done and, get done and getting ready for the camp meeting that's coming. So that will be this Saturday. But, um, Anyway, I just want to encourage you to be involved in in what's going on and praying and and just seeking the Lord. But let's just get right at it. Verse chapter number six and verse number one. Let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor, that the name of God and his doctrine be not blasphemed. The relationship there is what we would call, maybe in American culture, uh, your employer and your employee. God says if you are uh, an employee, Count your your, your boss, or your your employer, uh, worthy of all honor. And why? That the name of God and his doctrine be not blasphemed. Uh, I'm, can I encourage you? I don't care where you're working. I don't care how sorry the guy is that's employed you. Treat him with honor for Jesus' sake. You know, don't be backbiting and going behind his back and all that kind of stuff. You know, I mean, just being honest with you. He, he may not be saved, but you know something? I would look at this way, he gave you a job, you know. That may not mean much to you, but it always will mean something to me. And uh, God said that the, why should, as we're out here working for people, and that doesn't just mean if you're working at some plant, you may be a contractor and you're working for somebody. Uh, Brother Brett, you own a business there, but you're working for people that walk through that door. And God says to treat these people uh, with honor. That the name of God and his doctrine be not blasphemed. God says how you conduct yourself for the people that you're working for will have an effect upon their perception and their comprehension of what Christianity is about. And then he said, verse number two, and they that have believing masters, let them not despise them because they're brethren, but rather do them service because they're faithful and beloved, partake of the benefit these things teach and exhort. And he said, if you're an employer, he said, you treat these people right. You take in consideration they have families and that the job is not the center of their life. They're, they, you know, he said, one of the most beautiful pictures in the Bible is when Boaz comes out to his field and he blesses them in the name of the Lord. The men that are reaping his fields, he says, I bless you in the name of the Lord. Isn't that a good deal? How'd you like to work in a place where the boss says, boy, I bless you in the name of the Lord. And I'm concerned about your life and your family and your children and so forth, you know, and, and this is what God wants and what can be within Christian realm. Verse number three, if any man teach you otherwise, he said if, if somebody tells you to be a rebel and and fighting against the boss, and fighting against your place employment. He said, "There." He said, that's, "That's." He said, "Consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, to the doctrine which is according to Godliness." He's proud, knowing nothing but doting about questions and strife of words, where have come with envy, strife, railings, evil, surmising. and you see a lot of that in the workplace in America, just the fighting and scratching and hate and stuff like that. All right, you know, I'm going to tell you something. You better be glad you live in a nation where you can kind of choose where you want to work at. Amen. And you can go in business for yourself. Amen. And I'll tell you, that's a blessing. Well, he, he, but you can get into a lot of strife and railings and so forth like that. And it, it's real simple. God says to the employers, treat your employees right. He says to the employees, have a right attitude toward your boss. It's not complicated. And consider Christ in the whole thing. How's, how's my attitude and what I'm doing and what I'm saying? How's it going to reflect the Christianity that I profess before the world? Well, then he gets into this thing of wealth and, and money and riches. So verse number five, perverse disputings of men, corrupt minds, destitute of truth. Now watch this phrase. Supposing that gain, why, do, why, do, why is there friction between employers and employees? Why is there strikes and shutdowns and all this kind of stuff? What's it about? Money. He talks about strife, railings, endings, evil surmisings. Now watch what he says. Supposing that gain is godliness from such withdrawal thyself. That would uh, put mm, a big part of American churches out of business. Because a lot of churches in America are preaching prosperity gospel that if you live for Jesus, stuff, you're going to have money. Let, look what your Bible says. Supposing that gain is godliness. Let me just tell you something. Financial gain does not mean you're godly. Financial gain doesn't mean God's blessing you. Now you better get this because we're messed up in this country. We, we, we value, we kind of estimate our spirituality by how, how well we're doing financially. That's wrong. Amen, if that's the case, Jesus was a complete failure. That's right, man. If that's the case, his disciples was a complete failure. Yeah. If that's the case, most Christianity through history has been a failure. Right. If gain is godliness, then we've missed it all. Yeah. And he said not only... They suppose that that it's, and it's not, gain is not, they just suppose that it is. From such withdraw thyself. God says you stay away from people who think that the more money they make, the more godly they are. Now there's a reason for that. Because they'll mess your mind up. Your heart will get so corrupted, your mind will get so twisted, you can't even see truth. You can't even see right. You'll think that everything revolves around the dollar bill and your success of it. And that that's the criteria for your Spirituality. Now, look at verse number six. But godliness this with contentment is great gain. Hmm. If you want gain, contentment is great gain. And that is so true. That is so true. A rich man is a man who's content with what God has given him. Now, let me say something to you. As a pastor of this church, I want everybody here to do well. I want you to be, I, I don't want for you to go into a grocery store having to just, you know, not buy things that you'd like to buy for your children to eat or something like that. I want you to be able to go in and say, hey, you know what, uh, it's, it's, it, 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 buy what we can, you want and so forth. It's, that's, that's a blessing. I'm just enjoying to do that. But you're going to go through some tough times. And it won't hurt you. In fact, God uses the tough times to enable you to minister to people that are going through tough times. If you've been laid, raised on a silver spoon, you've never had it tough, and you never knew what it was not be able to buy simple, basic things. You don't know how to relate to most people in this world. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Now, watch verse seven. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain that we can carry nothing out. The Book of Job, Job speaks of that. He said, "You know, uh, he came in naked, and I'll return naked." And Job was a rich man, by the way. Yeah. Verse number eight, having food and raiment, let us there be there with content. Now watch verse number nine. But they that will be rich, they didn't necessarily get rich. They just willed to be rich. Right. Let me tell you where Satan works on most of us, the worst, is the secret desire in our hearts to be rich. We would never say, out, I want to be rich, man, I want to be rich. But down inside we do. And the things that we're doing, the things that we're going to be rich. He said, they that will be rich, <coughs> something happens to them. They fall into temptation. They weren't just tempted, they fall into the temptation. And a snare, that's a trap. And in many foolish and hurtful lusts, and look what it does. It drowns men in destruction and perdition. Now the Bible's full of examples of this. Now look at verse number 10. For the love of money is the root of all evil. How is it that somebody can go into Congress not having enough money to even run their campaign and come out of there 15 years later worth 15, 16, 20, 25, 30 million dollars? we got a problem. And the Bible said that a gift blindeth the eyes. In America, and there's a lot of problems. We live in a cursed world. But what happens is, I I, I do not like the lobbying system in America. Amen. Amen. But they go up there, and the whole deal is, we will give, and you're going to vote. and maybe if you vote, we'll see to it that somehow or another, there's some money comes to you or some advantages comes to you. And this is going to America. I'll just be honest with you. The United States government is so corrupt right now. It's just so corrupt. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to make some of you mad. This war in Ukraine, it has to do with corruption in American politics, right. period. Amen. And the reason the liberals who, who here to, who here to for, you know, claim, I mean, Why they're so anti-Russia right now is because the people that they have supported politically for the last 20 and 30 years are the people who are involved in the monetary corruption. Hunter Biden has no experience in oil business, and yet he sat on a Burisma board over there and got $50,000 a month for saying that. You think that he's sitting on there because of his knowledge about how to get oil out of the ground and sell it? He was sitting on that board because his daddy was vice president of the United States. And I tell you what, it may take till judgment day to come out what's happened. But one of the reasons we're doing what we're doing is because Ukraine has been a money ma- corruption machine for American politicians for many, many years. And you'll never make me believe it. All the evidence points to that. And that's why they want to save Ukraine. And that's why they, you know, we, we're the one who fed this thing. I don't care if you like it. If you don't like it, you walk right out straight to that door. That door's not locked. Amen. But I'm going to say the truth as best I know it. And, and I'm telling you, the love of money is root of it. Somebody says, follow the money, Reggie. Follow the money. Follow the money. Follow the money. Follow the money. And we've been messing around with Ukraine and buying favors and so forth. And politicians that went in there and, and got themselves embedded in all this stuff. And they're getting money from it. I'm going to tell you something. <clears throat> nah, get off of it. Here's what he said. The love of money is root of all evil. Now watch this. Which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith. Here's what God says. If you covet after money, if I covet after money, I will err from the faith and and I'll be pierced through, pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Now Satan won't tell you this when he's tempting you to do things. To get money that are not right. I, I was, I still do a sale or two once in a while, but I was in the auction business for 40, uh, since 1975. The auction business is full, as are all businesses, of ways to be corrupt and crooked, to lie, to deceive, to cheat people. Just full of it. I mean, I could name you 10 or 12 areas where people can get cheated just bam, 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 bam. And if you want to cheat, there's ample opportunity to do that. There's ample opportunity to, shoot, to cheat in your construction businesses. Right. All kinds of ways to cheat. Everything. I do not know of a business that is not a way to cheat. And if you're not careful, you begin to compromise what's right, That's right. To, make, to get a little more money or to make some money or to keep from losing money or whatever it might be. There's ways to do that, and, and, and I'm not going to go into, because it's, in, it's embedded in every situation. There's opportunity to cheat. Now, verse 11 says, he's talking specifically to Timothy, but we can take it up. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. Now, let me just say, let's talk about some people in the Bible that were rich. Now, God, how many those that God could take a brick of gold and lay it at your household threshold for you to walk out to tomorrow morning. Amen. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. God is, he owns the universe. Yeah. Let me just tell you how, how, when, when they needed to pay taxes to the Roman government, God told Peter, said, you go out there and cast your fishing rod out there. He said, the first fish you pick up is going to have coin in his mouth. That's, right. That's just how easy God could give you money. So why didn't God just throw gold coins at your, why didn't he just say, oh, here, come over here. I'm going to give you a basket full of gold. He could, but he doesn't. The truth about it is, is that we are so corrupt. We are so fleshly we are so vile that he uses poverty and hard times to humble us and break us and make us see our need of Jesus Christ. That's just a fact. Now, uh, there was a man in the Bible named Nebuchadnezzar, and he was very rich. And Nebuchadnezzar uh, woke up one day, walked out on the balcony and said, This is my babbling that I created, and he's full of I, 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 I. And everybody you watch in the Bible, if you read the stories of those that were wrong attitude that were rich, it was full of eyes. And riches have a tendency to make you proud. And if you go to church and you know better, you'll try to hide your pride, but secretly inside, if you're not careful, it'll embed itself into your children from the house. And you'll begin to think that you're a superior person because you make more money than other people. or You have more possessions or whatever it might be. I'm just, this is just the truth about it. And if you think, oh, that would never be me. You just don't know yourself well enough. God says that this happens to people. This, is, this can happen to you. You covet. It'll pierce you through with many sorrows. A lot of problems will come with it. But Nebuchadnezzar and God took him down. God so dealt with this man who was very, very rich and very, very powerful possessions, unlimited possessions. He put him out to pasture. That's where you get the old saying, he'll bet God put you out to pasture and he grazed grass for seven years. But it's over this mile. And you know what God said? It is. Watch this. This is what God said about that situation back there in Daniel. It is God that giveth the power to get wealth. It wasn't you that got that had the power to be wealthy. God gave you that power to have wealth. That's right. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I like money. You need a little. Amen sit around and talk like, well, I don't like money. I don't think that's smart. <laughs> then there's uh, Abraham. The first time the word rich is ever in the Bible, it's Abraham. It says Abraham was rich. Well, Abraham's father of faith. Hmm. Now, I will tell you a biblical doctrine. In the Old Testament, for the Jewish people, if they obeyed God and did right and followed his law and so forth, God promised them prosperity. In the New Testament church, guess what? If you obey God, do right, live right, and obey the Bible, God promises you persecution, not prosperity. Now, that's a biblical flat out truth. You need to get that down embedded, okay? But Abraham was rich. Well, did it cause Abraham any problems? Yes, it did. Big ha'du with Lot and so forth. So, you can expect if you've got a lot of possessions, to start having strife and problems, he handled it well, but it did cause problems with people, with with in his life. Solomon was a very super rich man, but it 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 literally just um, the book of Ecclesiastes is all about. I got me this, and I got me this, and I had this, and I had this, and you know, And he he made it so that gold and silver in the streets of Jerusalem was like gravel. You you wasn't worth picking up there. So much of it. Can you imagine? But like some of us with pennies today, you know, is he a penny? Well, is it worth to pick it? up when I won't buy nothing? So why pick it up? You're living in a time of inflation. I want to say this to you. Inflation is a satanic deal to destroy nations. And it's also a satanic deal to set up tyrants before Hitler. What brought Hitler to power was the inflation in Germany. Now, if you had $100,000 in savings account a year ago from now, it is probably worth it has probably between $10 and $15,000 less buying power than it, today than it did a year ago. You lost money. If you had 2,000 in savings last year a year ago from now, you've lost about $150 to $200 in buying power. In other words, you can't buy what you could have bought. That's inflation. It's a destructor of wealth. What's going on in this country is a lot of people on, you know, they, we, we got this grand scheme called Social Security. I don't like it. It's law. You know, we live under it, but I don't like it. And here's why I don't like it, because when Social Security was, was set up, they figured the average age of American people, which back then was like about 55, 57, 53, somewhere in there, and they, set, they, do, they did the math. And they knew that half those people who paid in, watch this, half the people who paid in would be dead by the time they got to where they could collect it. How'd you like to set up a scheme like that? Yeah. that? That is a massive money racket. Social security is nothing but a government money racket. That's right. And if you would have been taught and trained to take care of the money that you've paid into social security and kept for yourself, you'd be in a lot better shape than you are today. But here you are now. I'm 68. I started drawing social security a year, a year ago. And it's not, social security is not a social deal. And I'm not sucking the tit of the government. I paid that money. And I'll never live long enough to get the money back that I put in it. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Now, so, But I'm taking it back. Well, the dollars that I paid in in 1975 and 1980, they're, those dollars, that's what I'm getting paid on. It won't buy anything close. When I started out paying, Social Security gas was about 75 cents, maybe 50 cents. So the money seed that they're giving me now that I quote back to me that I paid in, it won't buy anything close to what I did with that. So you need to understand something about money. Money is very important in government affairs. Hitler came to power because of the inflation. You had to have over a million marks, which was their dollar bill, to buy a loaf of bread before it got over with. There are literally historical pictures of women with wheelbarrows going to the grocery store with hundreds and hundreds of thousands of German marks to buy bread and get there. And the price went up and they still didn't have enough. Now, we're headed there. You listen to me. Now, here's what happened. And when the stock market crashed in 1929, they said America sneezed, England caught a cold, and Germany died of it. Now, I'm going to take you back to a little bit of something. Germany used to be a spiritual powerhouse. This is where I'm going with this. This is why your money and what you're buying groceries with, it is all affected by the spiritual life of this nation. Are you listening to me? And the more this country gets away from God, the worst setup we're going to have financially because God has locked in certain financial principles into the world that when a nation forgets God, it's going to have trouble. Israel had it all nations have had it. They go under because of this. Anyway, so they... Whenever the stock market crashed, that led, the country went into deep inflation. Nobody could fix the problem. You know what the country said? Oh, we need a t- we anybody that can fix this, we're willing to sell, watch this, sell our freedom out if you will fix this problem. Did you notice that the news media didn't seem to be too, they don't seem to be too really, the inflation is just, you just need to expect that. Uh, you're just going to have to get used to a few hard times. We're trying to defeat Russia so gas is going to be high. It's not worth about it at all. The whole show is to, is to inflate, cause inflation to get this country where it's ready to take a ruler that will, that will throw the Constitution out yeah. and set up a type of Antichrist antichrist preparatory deal. Right. And, and, and so it's very, very serious to get a hold of this stuff. The act, actually, finances is not being taught in schools. Management of money is not being taught in schools. How to pay your bills, how to write a check. Is not being taught in American education how to handle money. If far as you parents go, you need to set your kids down some month with them and say, you know what? Here's the bills that we're having to pay. You can say, well, I don't want my kids to on business. Well, you just, so you just want them to grow up and they never know nothing about how to pay the blight bill, the gas bill, the insurance bill, the taxes, and all that. You don't want them to know about that. Here's what. We, how many's had? How many's had more month than you had money? kids need to see this. You see, your fleshly mind, well, how many have got this disease? You always think you've got more in account than you've really got. How many of you ladies have ever had your husband say, where'd the money go to? Do you know why? Because we do not, all we calculate is what's coming in. We do not calculate what's going out. We do not calculate the the, the, the unseen expenses that's going out. Okay. Now, what, I'm going to tell you, I do believe in being financially sound, financially secure. Your, your wife shouldn't have to be worrying about, really and honestly, about if the bills are going to get paid. You need to work hard, save, uh, so forth like that, take care of business, so forth like that. I'm not an advocate of oh way I just want to live poor and spiritual. And that, that's not it at all. And, and in this church, I think it's incumbent upon me as pastor to preach what the Bible has to say about this issue and that it might be some help to us. Uh, as I said, Solomon was, it, was put up a, a Luke chapter. Well, don't, yeah, Luke chapter, It's funny, in the book of Luke, there's three rich men in, chapter, in the book of Luke. One of them is the rich man in hell. Now, I think it's, I think it's interesting that Jesus explicitly said this man was rich and that the Lazarus ate at his gate and the dogs licked his sores. He ain't just talking out the wind here about that. He's accentuating the danger of riches that will make you forget about your need for God. Amen. Then there's the rich man with his barns. He said, I've, boy, you know, and I've had all the, I've had this, they filled these barns. I am just going to tear these barns down. And I'll build more barns. And Jesus said, what to that man? Thou fool, this night shall be required of thee. Your life is not about building more barns. Then there's the rich young ruler. And it's interesting, the Bible literally talks about these people being rich, and it shows you the problems and the damages and the danger of becoming rich can bring. This rich man come up to Jesus Christ, said, what must I do to inherit life? Well, he had the idea that he could, not we talked about this morning, is what he did or didn't do that got him to heaven. So Jesus starts, so well, if you want to go that route, let's start with the law. And Jesus goes down through the commandments, and he said he lied like a dog. He said, all these things have I done for my youth up. He was lying. He hadn't. You know he hadn't. He, he was lying. Jesus is okay if you're that, I feel, I feel like Jesus could have got, if it had been me, I'd have got real sarcastic. I said, all right, hot dog. <laughs> but Jesus said this, go sell what you've got and come follow me. Yeah. What would Jesus say that for? Is he say, if you sell all you have and follow Jesus, that save you, no, know it won't. He was kept piercing and piercing until he got to the truth about the guy, that he guy had no interest in in repentance of sin, and his God was his money. And the Bible said he turned away, went away very sorrowful, for he had great riches. For he was very rich, the Bible said. What what had happened? His riches had blinded him to his need for grace, for his need of mercy. He thought his money would do everything for him. Now, I want to tell you right now, the average preacher in America wouldn't treat that boy that way at all. He said, bless God Almighty, there's a seat for you right over here. Uh, You want to go to heaven? Well, repeat after me. Man, I mean, he came right up to me and wanted to know how to be saved, Brother Josh. So I said, well, listen, let's just bow our heads. You ask God to save you. Bless your heart. Come in here now. The offering box serves right back yonder (laughs) just in case you didn't find it. And that's the American attitude. Why do you think these preachers are preaching prosperity? Because they want it. it. I know some of you watch them clowns that fly around these Learjets live in these big super mansions. Come on. You bought into it. They told you to spend $500 and you'd get 5,000 back somehow or another. I'm going to be honest. You, why don't you wake up? Jesus never, ever got into that kind of garbage. Well, uh, Job, Job was a rich man. And the Bible said he was a perfect man. See, here's what I'm getting to. There were rich men, Abraham, Job, in the Bible. You're talking about Solomon's riches? Well, what, it did, what did it do to him? It ruined him. So you talk, Moses, he was heir to the throne. Talk about riches in Egypt. Uncalculable at that time. But the Bible said, watch this, watch this. That he esteemed the riches of Christ. Greater treasures than the stuff in Egypt. He esteemed the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. Now here's the deal. And we're going to look at it, try to look at that. There's two roads to riches, two types of riches. One is a road of riches in Christ and the other is a road of riches that'll ruin you. We're going to take off first of all, you have your hand out there. Uh, we're going to look at the world's road as fleshly and we're going to go Proverbs chapter 22, verse number 16. And you just want to write these. Well, you got them written down, I think there. So we're going to go. First of all, if you take the world's road to riches, all right? Now, let me say something to you. You may start out real good with well intentions. Are you listening to me? Yeah, that's right. You may think, I will never, I will never, I'll never get there. I'll always stay close to God. I I'll, won't I'll, I'll, you know, I will get off. Proverbs, it's fleshly. This world is fleshly. Proverbs twenty-two sixteen: He that oppresses the poor to increase his riches, and he that give it to the rich shall surely come to want. It's always a fleshly thing. This road to worldly riches is always fleshly. You, uh, right, Proverbs 27, verse number 24. For riches are not forever, and doth the crown endure to every generation. It's certainly not. Webster said back in er, early days of this country, he said the rich wind up, uh, he said four generations later, their their grandchildren are working for the people that used to work for them because they didn't keep Christ at the center of it. Vanity, rich, the world's lead to vanity. Either, uh, Ecclesiastes... Uh, Proverbs eleven twenty eight, he that trusteth in his riches shall fall. That's a biblical principle. If you trust in your riches, you will fall. Uh, Ecclesiastic again. We don't. We won't go there this morning. But but uh, Solomon just talked over and over again about what he'd done, and then he got this. It's all vanity, all vanity, all vanity. Ecclesiastes five eleven. Watch this. When goods increase, they are increased that eat them. Amen. Amen. And what good is there is there to the owners thereof save the beholder of them with their eyes. Hmm. Well, look what I got. What is the beholding of the eyes about? Pride. Now, I'm just going to tell you something. If I've got a fault now I've got a weakness and I've got plenty of them but if I, my mate, I like land. If I had the money, And it was available. I'd buy every farm in the country. But I wouldn't have time to get there. And I couldn't keep all the fences fixed up on it. But I just like, I love to buy an old place. That's just, I just do. Now, I'm just telling you. But if you're not careful, pretty soon it's just what? Oh, I've got this. Oh, I've got this. Oh, I've got this. I own this. If you're not careful. But he said, all right, let's look. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. And uh, let's see, guys. Four verse number eight. There is one alone that saying, he hath neither, let's uh, see man. yeah. Yet there's no anybody. Neither is his eye satisfied with riches. Did you ever see, you, I want to ask you, has Donald Trump got enough? If you will study the rich people of America's history, 98% of them went, they didn't just go off the deep end, they went down to hell. Just this week, Mr. Bezos, who, how do you pronounce his name? He owns uh, Amazon. Bezos. Bezos, Bezos, Bozo, whatever his name <laughs> is. His wife divorced him here a year or two ago. She gave 169, if I got the number right, million dollars to Planned Parenthood this week for the specific reason of helping black women have abortions. I'd say That's racist. But the news media won't. Well, oh, bless her heart. She's so kind. She's so thoughtful. She's so wonderful. The, I'm telling you, you talk about hypocrites. Every day of my life, there's nothing but a hypocrite show. We watch the news. Yeah. Hypocrite show. Aren't you, aren't, you, aren't you thrilled that we've got, that the Democrat Party put somebody up there to be appointed a Supreme Court justice that can't even define a woman? She's lying out her teeth. If I'd have been, I appreciate that woman asking her that question, but I'd ask her the next question was, are you a woman? Yeah. That's what I'd ask her. I'd have boxed her in a little bit tighter. We're in a mess. I'm going to, I, I'll throw this at you. I've, I've studied this out. You want to know where all the... Why is it the queers and the sodomites, the gay crowd, have such influence in this nation? Because most of them, the, the, the heads of the movements, come out of rich, super rich families. They've never worked a day in their life... Their mom and dad's give them, they've sent them off. I mean, you talk, they've done nothing. They, they know nothing of the average American. Right. Yeah. And so they've got, they don't do anything but sit around in their pajamas and their little socks and sit in their basement and, or somebody in the house in front of the computer. And they're rich. And I'm going to tell you something. The best thing for this church here is your kids know how to work with their hands and work hard. That's right. And you don't, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to give you something. I had six children. I didn't, I didn't buy one of them a vehicle. I didn't buy them nothing. I tried to provide a climate where they could work for it. That's right. But I'm going to tell you something. If you going to pop up and buy your kids a car, don't look for me to, oh, I love that. I don't, I'm not too impressed with you. Make your kids work for it. Or walk. Make them walk. They'll soon have a car. They'll work hard enough to get one. Amen? It's just not good for them. I'm I'm sorry. It's just not good for them. Well, we better keep trucking. Uh, anyway, his eyes never satisfied the riches. So let's look at the next verse. You guys, I'm <laughs> to keep it five twelve. Sleep for labor, man, sweet. Whether eat little or much, but the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. That's what happened. All right. Another is it Proverbs eleven four. Or, uh, uh, yeah, riches profit not in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. Let's go to uh, Proverbs 23, 5. Well, thou set on thy eyes on um, which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as an eagle toward heaven. I'm just going to tell you something flat out. I've made a lot of money in my life, and I've lost a lot of money in my life. It can go so fast, make your head swim. You thought you had it all boxed in and found out it, it went down the drain before you knew what you were saying. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I like American life. One of the reasons I like about it is the risk. I like to be able to risk. I, you know, I'm sorry. Karen knows that we may be living in a house this week and we may not have a house next week because Reggie is risking. You know, and I'm not saying you should do what I do, but I'm just saying that I'm, I'm thankful because I don't have anything against people making a lot of money. Right. I would never be one to say, oh, don't let the, I'm not a socialist, dear friend. I'm a capitalist enterprise man, free enterprise capitalist. Amen. Amen. I want you to be free to do the best you can. All I'm telling you today is keep God in the center of it. Don't let money get in the center. Keep God in the center of it. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Ecclesiastes 5.13, there is a sore evil which I've seen in the sun, namely riches kept for the owners thereof to their hurt. And a lot of that hurt comes because they see their descendants not loving God, not serving God, having a, a cocky attitude, an arrogant attitude because of, of their, their, their wealth. Proverbs 28 and verse number 20. A faithful man abounds in blessing, but he that, make, watch this, he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. God says, you can't be in a hurry to get rich and not be innocent. You're going to do something stupid, wicked, wrong to try to get there. Look at verse number 22. He that hasteth to be rich hath an evil eye. All right. Then uh, we'll look at uh, Jeremiah 17, 11. As the partridge setteth on eggs and it not, so he that giveth riches and not by right shall leave them in the midst of his day, and his end shall be a fool. Proverbs 28, eight, he that by usury and unjust gain increaseth his substance. He shall gather it for him that will pity the poor. Just keep in mind something. God always writes the last chapter. You say, well, man, I, and you know what David did? The whole Psalms of Psalms 73 is David said he was envious at the wicked and their riches. And he goes down through there about, I don't know how many verses, 10 or 12 verses. He was aggravated because they was all making money. And they wasn't living for God. And they, everything they did was bl- seemed like it was just blossoming. And then it gets back until I saw their end. Uh-huh. Until I saw their end. Let me just tell you something, church. Now I want to tell you young married kids and young people, whatever you do, guard yourself against being envious of what other people have. You'll never be a happy person if you're envious of what other people have. There's going to be somebody somewhere always have more money than you, more stuff than you have. And you just need to learn to be happy in the Lord. Amen. And I'll tell you what, I'm serious with you. Do not allow yourself to say, well, uh, Jeff Bozo and and, and, uh, Zuckerman and all them guys, they're all God haters and they're some of the richest people on the earth. Yeah, that's right. But they ain't always going to be that way. That's right. If you tell me they're happy, I don't believe they're happy. I don't believe that. And anyway, let's keep trucking. Try to get done here. Uh, Ezekiel twenty-eight, verse number five. By great wisdom, by traffic hast thou increased thy riches, and thine heart is lifted up because of thy riches. All right. Uh, it was, it's also false and deceitful. Proverbs twenty-eight, eleven. Uh, I'm sorry. Proverbs. Uh, did I get that right? Proverbs Daniel chapter. I don't even know where we're at, guys. I, you lost me. This, that was Nebuchadnezzar dealing with it. You may have something different. Let's go to uh, Matthew 13 22. That's what I want to hit. Matthew 13 22. He that receiveth seed among the thorns, watch this, watch this very carefully. Is he that heareth the word and cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, choke the word and become unfruitful? Yeah. Riches are very, very deceitful. The, the, I could preach an entire message on the danger and, dece- and deception of riches. But they'll cause you to be prideful, cause you to get away from God, cause you to think you don't need God. provide carnal, It gives you carnal security. Um, just, there's just no end to the problems that it causes. That's why in our text in Timothy it said pierce themselves through with many sorrows. Luke eight fourteen. If you want to go there. He that fell among the thorns, they which have heard go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. I just want to ask you a question today: Is it down? Is the truth about you today down in your heart? You just boy, you you really like to be rich, and you need to ask yourself: Why do I feel that? Why do I want that? You need to ask yourself the question: If God just gives me food and raiment, would I be content? Okay. Now we're going about about, it hinders salvation. Mark chapter ten, verse twenty-three. Jesus looked around right about and saith to the disciples, how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words, but Jesus answered again, saith to them, why? I'm going to ask you this, why did the disciples were they astonished when Jesus said this? Because in that culture, it's just like this culture. If you got money, you must be doing something right. That's right. See? And it's in the church. Joel Osteen preaches this stuff up one side of the wall and down the other all of this contemporary church movement deal across the country, under, under, you know, and we'll tell you why it works. It's because they know down inside people want to be rich secretly. And so if they feed them this, this religious line that, uh, you know, you live for God, you'll get rich. I'm going to tell you something. Satan took our Lord Jesus Christ up on a mountain. And showed him and said, All this, watch this, I'll give to you if you'll bow down and worship me. I believe with all my heart that Satan tempts me and will tempt you. That if you'll sell out your life for Christ, I'll make sure you got plenty of money. I mean, if he, if he was so audacious to tempt our Lord with possessions, don't think he won't with you. They said they were astonished. Jesus answered and said to the children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches? Now, this is the deal is trusting in it to enter in the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich man to enter in the kingdom of God. Now, there's two lines of thought on the eye of the needle. I've been in Jerusalem. And they have what's called there a doorway. After they shut the doors at night, they had what's called the eye of the needle. Now, I don't I just take it for what it says. A needle. My wife sews a lot, needle, and a camel will go through the eye of a needle. But they claim there was an eye of the needle door there that a camel had to get on his knees to be able to go through that and that it did happen if people needed to get in desperately during the night. I don't know about that. That's just what I've been told. I'm going to take it for what it says. Yeah. Now you think about this. Think about this, Pastor Good. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Going up there at verse twenty-six. And they were astonished out of measure, saying amongst them, Who then can be saved? Jesus looking upon them saith, With men it is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. Rich people can be saved. Amen? All right. Now, uh, Luke 1824. Let's go there. Luke 1824. Oh my land. Luke eighteen twenty-four. And uh we're going to finish up on this side, and we're going to run down the other side real quick and, and be out of here. Luke 18, 24, and Jesus saw these very sorrows and said, How hardly shall they have riches entering the kingdom of God? How many is getting the idea that riches are pretty dangerous? Yeah. Very, very dangerous. All right. Now, go to James 5, 2. James 5, 2. Let's keep trucking right on through, boys, if we can. James 5, 2. You move ahead even when I haven't. When I haven't moved ahead, your riches are corrupted, your garments are moth-eaten, your gold and silver is canker. The rust of them shall be a witness against you and eat your flesh as were fire. You have heaped up treasure together for the last days. And he talks there about employment and so forth and doing people dirty and conniving and stuff, you know, so forth. James one eleven. For the sun no sooner is risen with burning heat, but it witheth the grass, the flower thereof, and the grace to fashion. So also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. That's God's almighty eternal word. He means what he says. Do not seek to be rich in this life. Ecclesiastes ten twenty. Curse not the king. No, i no, not in no thy thought. And why, I want everybody in this church to get this. I want everybody in this church to get this. If this right here will get you. Curse not the rich in thy bedchamber. Don't you hate rich people? Don't you be jealous of rich people? That's how communism and socialism, they, they thrive on jealousy of people who's got something. And they, want to, they want to, and they want to destroy the opportunity and you stay away from that. We're going to go now on the left-hand side, God's road, and I'll try to do this very quickly. Spiritual riches, twenty-two, Proverbs 22, 4. By humility and fear of the Lord, watch this, are riches and honor in life. Well, what kind of riches? Danny, have you got rich preaching? But you have. Now, this is where I'm going. The reason I say that. He knows exactly what I'm at. He hadn't got rich monetarily preaching. <laughs> you're like me. I mean, if you had to run that mill route, you'd starve to death. But Danny, you're rich spiritually. God will not forget your labor. Therefore, be a steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain, God will reward your labor, your service, your life—what you did for Jesus Christ—spiritual riches. Proverbs eight. Watch this here: riches and honor are with me. Yea, watch this. Durable riches. What are durable riches? That which goes into eternity. Behind you. Let's go to uh, Matthew six nineteen twenty. Uh, if we can, there. Uh, Matthew chapter six, verse nineteen and twenty-one. Lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust corrupt and thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is there will your heart be also. Psalm 1611 is my wife's, uh, I would say probably her life verse. If you you mark this, for thou wilt show me the path of life and thy presence is fullness of joy and thy right hand are pleasures evermore. That's a wonderful, wonderful verse. Uh, Proverbs twenty-two, one: God's road to riches seeks God in His kingdom. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. Loving favor rather than silver and gold. Proverbs thirty, verse number eight: Remove me far from vanity and lies. And get and to be honest with you. Here's a verse you ought to grab hold of. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me neither poverty nor riches treasures in heaven. Matthew chapter 6 whatever you want to guys put up there if you've got it on your list there. Matthew 13 and verse number 7. There is that maketh himself rich yet hath nothing. There is that maketh himself poor yet hath great riches. I can't remember the name of the guy. How many of you remember the Slinkies? The guy that developed that was a Christian and he did very well with it. Got rich with it. But the, but the money that he got got in the way between him and God and God showed him that that money and that Slinky a die that he had invented made had taken him away from God. He went out on a boat in the ocean with this slinky die. And he said he felt that God told him to throw it in the depths of the ocean. And he throwed that slinky die in the ocean. And he said, Lord, I'd rather have you. And my money is causing me to get away from you. Let me just tell you something this morning. I want God to give you all the wealth that you can honestly handle. Personally, I can't handle a lot of it. Very easy for me to get too much and to think I'm something when I'm nothing. Let's go to uh, Ephesians 3:16, that he would grant you according to the watch this, the riches of His glory. God's riches is what you and I should go after." Philippians 4:19, "But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus." Romans 8:33. He that spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all, how much shall he not with him also freely give us all things? How many has ever seen a big old earth mover? Cat earth mover. They got a machine in front with rows, then they hook on, they got a deal that scrapes dirt. Y'all know who made those, who invented those? His name is Laterna. And out in California, he developed earth-moving machines and he got hooked up with caterpillar and he became absolutely super rich. He designed massive machines that could do amazing things. He's a Christian. And one day he told his wife, he said, we've been given 10% to God. He said, I think we ought to give God 90 and us keep 10. And that's what he did. You ever read, well, you ever want to read a man's story who, who really let God deal with his heart and who was honest with his own self? Study that man. But there came a time in his life and he gave God 90% and he kept ten. Can <laughs> okay, I'm to give you a little secret that you ain't never going out God. give God. That's right. You ain't never going out outgive give God. But don't give to get favor with God. Right. Don't give God. God's not a slot machine and he knows the motive of our heart. Right. Well, where are we at, guys? Philippians 3. Uh, what's this? This is, this is Christianity. Yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things. And do count them dung that I may win Christ. He said, I'd rather have Jesus than the position, the power, prestige that I had. Paul said, I, 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 counted, it, I counted the money I had, the position, the opportunities. He was a scribe, the scribe Pharisees. He was, he was big shot in Israel. He was setting in line for the money. And he said, I've counted it all as dung that I may win Jesus Christ. All right. Let's go to the next one here. Uh, 2 Corinthians, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Moses esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward he saw into eternity. 1 Corinthians 4, 7, who maketh thee to differ from another, and what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Now, if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou hadst not received it? Let me say you something I've observed. When God blesses somebody, quote, blesses them, and they get money, they somehow know. another, first thing you know, they've moved into a realm of thinking, I did this. Right. And that's when they're in trouble. Right. What hast thou that thou didst not receive? And why boastest thou as if thou hadst not received it? It is God that giveth thee power to get work. The more money you get, the humbler you ought to get, and the more dedicated to God you ought to get. If you're not careful, it'll take you away from the Lord. Well, true riches, Luke 16, 11. If if therefore ye have been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? 2 Corinthians 8, 2. How then in the great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. Ephesians 1, 7, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. How many picks up that God said there's, other, there's a different type of riches in the Bible than what this world has? And those are true riches, and they're eternal riches, and God wants us to have them. Ephesians 2, 4, but God who is rich in mercy. Look at that. Rich in mercy. Ephesians 4, number 7, The ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of the grace of his kindness toward us through Jesus Christ. Ephesians 3 8. Unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Colossians 2 2. That their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and unto all riches of the assurance. Look at that. Hey, we've been studying about assurance, riches of the full assurance of understanding. I want to tell you something. If you're saved today, you're rich. You are rich. If you know the Lord today, you're rich. We'll go further now to, uh, uh, back to 1 Timothy chapter 6. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded. Why would God put that in the Bible? Because it's very easy to get high-minded if you accumulate wealth. Nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. That they they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. Um, 13.5, Hebrews 13.5 if you can guys on 13, 5, Hebrews thirteen five. let your conversation your life be without covetous and be content with such things as you have for he has said I will never leave thee nor forsake thee Proverbs 23 4 labor not to be rich cease from thine own wisdom why without set thine eyes upon thy, that which is not for riches certainly make themselves wings they fly away as an eagle toward heaven 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 8. If you put 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 8 up there, we'll close with this. Paul had given up everything for Jesus Christ. And he said this, at the close of his life: henceforth there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that love is appearing. I know this may be a different type of message, but I want to tell you where my riches are at. My riches are in Jesus Christ. He's the only thing I've got. And when this life's over with, he's the only thing that counts. This is my riches right here. If I didn't have this book, I wouldn't have anything. I want you folks to know something. When you're going through a hard time financially, I do care about you. Karen and I was married. First Christmas we was married. I got my milk check. And I had my cow payment and I was having a hard time. And I got my check, milk check, and it wasn't enough, just barely maybe enough to pay my cow payment at the bank. I didn't have any money to buy her. And I'm not feeling sorry for myself. I'm going to tell you something. It was good for me. I'm I'm telling you that I I love the Lord. I thank God for the truth. And what God was doing at that time in my life, and I didn't know it was, he was preparing me to identify with people who are going through a tough time. And I'm not recommending that you do this, but I was heading down to the bank and instead of making my cow payment, I cashed the check, went back up and bought her a coat for Christmas. I don't know how I made the cow payment, but I must have. They never come after him. I remember in 1985 when Karen was carrying Ben and we had a drought here in, that part of the, in this part of the country at that time. And she was due with Benjamin in September. And uh, I fell over here on a, off a truck, fell about 11 feet to the ground and I crushed in this part of my eye, broke my wrist, broke my arm, cracked my pelvis, uh, messed myself up right here on this jaw. And I wound up in the hospital. And I remember riding in the ambulance, going to the hospital. And this is the honest truth. I want to encourage you. I felt like Satan straddled my body on that gurney in that ambulance and put his finger in my face and said, this is what it pays to serve God. This is 1985. I surrendered to preach in 1982. It seemed like from the time I surrendered to preach, everything went south with me financially. Everything. This lady right here is nodding her head. She's been around a little bit. You ought to get acquainted with her. She knows what's going on in this world. What's your name again, sister? Dorothy. Dorothy. Some of you young couples ought to have Dorothy over and say, tell us a little bit about life. It'd help you. But I went in the hospital, of course, I had surgery and all that kind of junk. I had no insurance. We had no insurance for babies being born. Karen had all of them C-section. Back at that time, it cost seven to $9,000 to have them C-section. I had all these bills piling up. I had no money. And I had no, and that's when I called the bank or not the, bank, the lender and said, I don't have the money to pay my farm payment. I remember coming home, my arm in a cast. And I walked out there and I had dead cattle laying on the pond bank out there. They'd gotten a the disease while I was gone in the hospital. And it was, I'm telling you, I was like, and just like Satan kept saying, this is what you get for serving God. This is what you get for serving God. I don't know what God's doing in your life. He's going to take you through. God took us through. And I'm thankful now for those days. I wasn't thanking God then, but I'm him for it now. Because when somebody comes or calls, Reggie, pray for us. We're having a hard time. We've had unexpected bills. But I'm telling you back when you ain't got no money and you've got $20,000, $25,000 worth of hospital bills facing you, that's no funny thing. And nowadays, my land live in I don't know what, it, it's beyond that crazy. <clears throat> I'm telling you. But I just want to encourage you. Here's what I want to tell you. I want to encourage everybody in the church. Live by your means. You don't have to drive the best rig in town. If you can afford it, that's fine. I'm glad for you. But live by your means. Don't live above your means. Be content with what you have. Go after the true and eternal riches in Christ and not the earthly riches. Amen. You'll be a better people for it. We'll, all be, we'll be a better church for it. If we have funds, let's help those that are hurting. Amen. Let's help those that are down, that's going through a hard time. Just a couple of weeks ago, I don't tell the church everything goes on. Sometimes I just, you know, but there was a family who really, really been going a bad time. They don't go, they don't go to church here, but they're in the area. And they're going through a horrible, horrible time, and I found out that you know the dad and the father was trying to drive a truck and trying to take care of the bills. And maybe if I found out a little bit about it, and I had church send him a thousand dollars. And I'm not having some business me to ask if I can send somebody. Lord, lays on my heart to I don't, I don't, I'm going to hurt I'm tired as, as bark on a tree, I guarantee you. But live by your means. Don't be afraid to eat hot dogs and noodles. I'm going to give you something out. I'm going to throw something at you. I'm not putting this out of some kind of spirituality, but I'm just going to tell you the old timers, whether they were saved or not, they knew how to live by their means. Some of the richest people in Missouri that I know, I'm talking about these people got wealth. I knew their dad when I was just starting in the auction business. And he went to sale barns every day. All across the country, buy cattle. You listen to me. He never bought a hamburger anywhere. His wife fixed his lunch everywhere he went. If you'd have looked at him, you'd have thought, that old boy's just about broke. He'd buy buy everybody in the sale barn out. But he talked to me one day, and we just visited. He said, Reggie, he said, uh, learn to live, Lean. He said, I never buy lunch at nobody's restaurant. Now he said, if you want to, that's your business. But he said, and I'm going to tell, tell you all something this morning. You would, have you ever figured out how much it would save you this year if you quit buying at McDonald's and every other high price? You say, well, that's cheap. No, it's not. Right, not have you ever thought how much it might save you if you just quit doing some stuff that you're just used to doing and you think it's the way of life? What I'm saying is sometimes it's not God blessing. We're not living in ways that God will honor. So I'd encourage you to grow a garden. Grow some of your own food. I know, it's, I know food's cheap and it's basically compared to a lot of people in America. But there's things. And don't buy stuff you don't need. If you can't afford that boat, don't buy that stupid boat. I heard some clearing of throats right there. <laughs> If you can't afford that four-wheeler, I'm trying to help you. If you can't afford that four-wheeler, don't buy it. If you can't afford that side-by-side, don't buy it. If you can't afford that $1,100 bow, don't buy it. <laughs> I'd rather throw a rock at a deer than buy a $1,100 bow. Amen? That's just me. Uh, you know, but, you, but on the other hand, I'll tell you what you do. Go out and pick some flowers they are cheap. God's flowers are cheap. You want to pick out some flowers for your wife? Go pick some flowers for you. I'm shutting. I'm not preaching now. I'm just mumbling. Let's stand up and go home.